Welcome to the Hope United Podcast, where we're creating a culture of worship, family, and discipleship. We hope this message challenges, inspires, and gives you hope today. If you like this podcast, remember to share and subscribe. People who start things. What are founders? They're people who see something and they just start it. And they're a gift. All of my five children have different gifts. You'd never know they're born out of the same litter. And all of you are different, wired different, gifted different. And it's all a gift from God. You're just different. And different people see different things different ways. If you're going to go biblical, you'd say, the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher of Ephesians 4 sees things a different way. And when God gives gifts, he gives different kinds of gifts. You're a gift. And all of you, by the end of this, this message, will know that you're a founder too. And what happens is, is that, you know, you'll find things that go on, and we, we say, Lord, what are you going to do? Or, Lord, I'm just minding my own business. And then the Lord begins to speak. And he begins to speak through your personality, but he also begins to speak through your gifting. And all of us are clueless when we get in this. And there's a, there's a secular side to this, and there's a sanctified, saved side. Elon Musk is a, is a pioneer. What do we call founders? We call them pioneers, forerunners, developers. We call them creators and visionaries. And as in the world, the gifts are there. I mean, God oftentimes takes that same kind of stuff and moves it over to the church and says, those same gifts come in the house for us, for the kingdom, for the advancement, for the nations. And when I got saved, I had no clue at all about anything except for I love Jesus. And if, how many of you have seen the movie, the Jesus movie? Any of you seen that? Jesus Revolution? I want to ask all of you, please go see the movie, because that's where I came from. In that movie, I got baptized in that little cove. And there was 3,000 of us kids with ponytails and stuff. And, and then someone came along and said, you kids are called and chosen and set apart. And God wants to do something with you and to you. We were clueless, just like people are clueless today. I just love Jesus, then what? And then he begins to shape and he begins to mold. Bishop and I are now 50 plus years in Jesus. 50. Because we're old. (laughs) Bless you. And, you know, you stumble into this kingdom stuff and you say, Lord, I want to do something. Uh, use me or what would you like to do and then you submit your stuff to him savior is what he is but lord is who he is savior is what he did lord is who he is thank you appreciate it what do you want to do with me while i'm here on the earth not my will but thy will be done and you begin to say thank you vertically on the cross you saved me You're continuing to save me. You're continuing to sanctify me. You're you're continuing to dig deeper. And the things that you 
allowed in my life that five years you don't allow in ten. Because you dig and dig and dig. The Holy Spirit says, uh-uh. You used to do that, but stop it. And he digs. And he digs for a purpose. And the purpose isn't just to be holy. The purpose is to do his will. While being holy. Hello? Silence on that one, Mike. What's that again? And the first thing the Lord said to me was, repent. And most founders, before they begin founding, he begins to clean them up and work with them and set them in a place. And then he begins to say, I have even more of a plan for you than you know. And sometimes we say, yes, amen. Other times we go, oh, no, don't do that. Let me just say this. As it matures, it goes on, founders are a gift to the body of Christ. They may be good founders, not good founders. They may have it figured out. They may make a ton of mistakes. But founders, the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher, and the giftings, they start up like everybody else, put their pants on one leg at a time, trying to figure it out. God said that nothing happens. God said it didn't work. God said, I'll work on it some more. But what happens is the Holy Spirit gets inside and says, what do you see? Well, I see what everybody else sees. And God says, why don't you see it differently? And then God comes along and says, I'm going to call you to challenge things that are to be what they should be versus what they are. Because I'm inside you. And so he begins to speak to us and says, as a founder, I know what you see, but I want you to do something different. I want you to start this or start that. Or he says, I want you to challenge the system. Because the system is good, but it's out of date. And he brings some person along that just is sort of wild or different and says, why don't we do it this way? Well, that's not how we do it. Well, why not? Well, because, you know, this is the way we do things. And he says to you, do it differently. When God told me to plant a church, it was a long process of pulling teeth. Because I said, the last thing in the world I want to do is be a pastor. They're losers. I grew up in church and hated it. Stand up, sit down, put money in the bucket. Nobody respected anybody. Talked about each other behind their back. Lunchtime afterwards, you know, pastor's this, pastor that. Just religion at its finest. My aunt said to me, don't you want to be baptized in third grade? You know when you go off to war, you need to know that you're baptized. Thanks, aunt. Appreciate it. Third grade. You know, like, but it was the end of the Korean War. And these guys were pretty war-torn from World War II. You know, the church is here to make sure you're baptized. So if you die, get in there. She had a mink stole on, high heels. She was holy. I went, I don't want to be like these people. So I went off in my own way, and the Lord said, 
why don't you see things differently? And I said, because it's not legal. And he said, no, it is legal. It's just different. And then he says stuff like, I want you to see things as they should be, not the way they are. And you go, where can I find friends who will encourage me in this? Well, they, they don't. Or they don't understand. And whenever all of you founders see something, you break out, you do something different, you're going to be a founder too. Why don't we do preschools? Why don't we do Christian schools? Why don't we do social work? Why don't we do rehab? Why don't we do it different? I had a little lady in my church, a grandma. She was broken over the homeless. We had, in those days, big rescue missions downtown, big cross, you know, rescue across the cross, corner, brick building, the rescue mission. And she just said, Nah, there's a better way to do it. And she was, of course, my church because we birthed founders. And so she went and got her car and filled it up with soup and bread, put it in her trunk, drove down to the corner where the homeless were downtown in Reno by the casinos, opened her trunk at 6 in the morning and began to serve soup to the homeless. Made the soup, made the bread, put it in her car, opened the lid of the back of her car, Told guys she's coming tomorrow morning with soup, tell your friends. And she started summer and winter, stand out there and feed these homeless smelly guys. And they began to protect her and talk about her and help her. And the rescue mission heard about it, like, what is she doing? Why don't they come to the rescue mission? Well, you're not open at six. And they're cold and hungry. And pretty soon, all these businessmen heard what she was doing and bought her a new car with a bigger trunk. And then somebody else bought her a bigger pot. Then other people came along and said, I'll volunteer. And all of a sudden, she's running vans and soup and this and that. People started giving her money because she was anointed to break the system. And within 10 years, she had a bigger mission than the rescue mission downtown. She had three facilities and cars and vans, all this kind of stuff. Because she saw something different than the system said, hey, relax, we got a system here, it's working. She said, no, it's not working, not 6 a.m. in the snow. Right. So when I think about Dwayne and Sonny, and then I think about Corinne and Josh, they're founders just doing it differently at different times in different ways, but they're founders because yeah. they do something new. In their gift mix. Things about founders is they have a special tenacity because God has said to them, do it again. Just do it again. It'll get better. You'll figure it out. He says stuff like, I don't care what the others say. You can do it. When a founder founds, I found that Christians go, what are you doing? I find that non-Christians go, what are you doing? And there's hardly anybody that says, attaboy, sweet, knock it in the head. They go, why are you doing that? Or why don't you try this? That's not the way I think God wants it done. 
I was special ops military, put a guy in a body bag, a, a major in the Army one day, zipped him up, put him in the helicopter, got him back down, rolled him on a gurney, and the Lord says to me, when you leave the military, you're going to pastor. And I said, no, I'm not. He said, yes, you are. I said, no, I'm not. I like Jesus. He's a nice guy. I have a Bible. I'm going to go to church. Don't want to hang with those folks. Did that. Had the ribbons hanging down my chest, you know. Graduated with 12 ribbons for 12 years. Hated it. As soon as I can get away from this place, I'm out. Then I receive Christ under the tent. Pointy deal gets cut off. I have a plan for life. Don't really want it. He says, make every wrong in your life right. Get in the military. God begins to speak to me sitting in my helicopter with my Thompson chain reference Bible when everybody else is watching porn. All the guys on remote and stuff, and I'm sitting there reading my, I'm the only Christian in my group. I go in the military speaking in tongues. I'm weirder than weird. <laughs> There's some ladies over there. Ain't doing it. Lord, what do you want to do? I want to refine you because I have plans for you. Yeah. yeah, can I choose the plan? No. You're going to do what I tell you to do. Yeah. When I finally get to Reno to do this church plant at 27, the Lord said, everything in this city is wrong. Come in the opposite spirit. Where there's greed, bring generosity. Where there's lust, bring love. When there's unforgiveness, bring acceptance and forgiveness. Come in the opposite kingdom spirit. And the reason that the churches are not growing in this town is they try to live like everybody else. So all the guys that knocked on doors with little skinny ties saying, hi, I want to witness to you. Here's my tracks. Boom. And all those guys, but they got merit badges for trying to see how many doors could get slammed in their face. But I put in my time. I did it. Glory to God. Any fruit? No, but I'm faithful. How's that faithful working for you? Not working, but I'm faithful. Those were Jerry, Jerry Falwell days. Back, Liberty was before Liberty University. And so the Lord says to me, run for political office. I told my church I'm running for state legislature. Why? I'm going to bring lightness into dark. And half my church quit. We don't want you running for statewide office. Just sit down where you belong, stay with us. I said, I like you, but you're not the goal. The goal is the kingdom. The goal is bringing light into public square and where there's darkness. And then the Democrats said to me, are we still allowed to come to your church since you're a Republican? I said, sure, come. But we don't like you because you're a Republican, so we're going to leave. Can't we just love each other and disagree a little bit? No. Right? So I knocked on doors. But I knocked on doors knowing that in our area, you can't get elected in those days unless you knocked on doors because they wanted to look you in the eye and smell you. They would, they'd take your handouts and throw them in the trash. I'll wait till the guy shows up or the lady shows up. So I walked 4,000 doors. Between May and October, I won the four-way primary with the least amount of money. 
and became the Republican guy going into the finals November 2nd. And the best part of my life was knocking on 4,000 doors. Why? Because I let them yell at me and tell me what a jerk I was, and you're that Republican guy, you don't care about us, and blah, blah, blah. And I, the Lord said, just stand there and love them and take it. And I knew that the guys who were knocking on doors with tracks, with skinny ties, they made no headway. But the Lord said, do it different. Knock on a door where they want to have time to yell at you. So he said, it's not how many quantity you go to, it's how many quality door knocks you get. Because right. if you get a quality one, can you bring two friends and vote for me too? So if I could win them, then they bring their friends versus having to go all over the whole thing. Point being, people began to say, you're that preacher. I was on TV by that time, on Fox, right. hour-long program for 24 years. You're that preacher on TV. I'm no preacher. Yeah, you're. You're the guy. No. I'm a nice guy named Robert. I'm a pastor, and I don't like preachers. Because they're like used car salesmen. But I do care about people. I pastor folks when I can. And wouldn't you know it, one guy says, after he's chewing me out for 30 minutes, the Lord says, stay as long as you want. I mean, as long as they want. Just listen to them. Will you come in the back room and pray for my dying wife? Sure. Go in the back, pray for the dying wife. Because I've earned the right by listening to him, taking his heat, biases, blah, 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 come back and pray for my wife. There's a guy on a Saturday morning, he's watering his lawn on the corner, stop sign, two, four stop signs, you know. And I come walking up, I go, hey, hey, preacher. I ain't your preacher. Just, hey, what's your name? Robert. What's your name? John. Hi, John. Don't call me that. Just, you're the guy on TV. Yeah, don't hold it against me. Um, what's up? I want to give you my stuff. And Have you know, figured out who you're going to vote for yet? No. Well, why don't you give me a shot? Well, you're only 32. You don't know nothing. Yeah, but I'm trying really hard. He gave me his stuff. And he water his lawn. And then I say to him, you got any issues in your life? Anything I can pray for you about? Well, my wife has some disease also. My dog's sick. And I've got pre-Parkinson's or something. Oh, hey, okay, I'm really, what can I do? I don't know, I said, can I pray for you? On the corner, Saturday morning, about 11 o'clock, what car is beep, beep, mm-mm, beep, beep, mm-mm. He goes, yeah. So I say, you can key, leave your eyes open or closed. Hey, Lord, I've asked you, would pretty please, would you come and touch this guy and heal wife, dog, and him? And this guy, you know, he's a good heathen. He takes that hose, and he's now watering his foot and he doesn't even notice. Jesus. I don't put it on his head. I don't want to be too Pentecostal. I just put it on the side of his arm, you know, pray. And he's, and he's watering his leg and doesn't even know it. Like he's in the prayer. My church grew by 300 people, 300 adults in about five weeks. Because the Lord said, knock on the door, but don't go like everybody else. 
give them a reason to be legitimate to knock at their door. Founders are weird. Founders, like Dwayne and Sonny and me and others, we see something and we try to explain it and no one gets it and says, really? That way? Are you sure? And we go, not really sure, but we think we're going to try. Live by faith, not by sight. And we go and we try. Like you try. And you find that that founders are like evangelists. They just do things differently. And when the Bible says there's the fivefold, apostle, prophet, evangelist, teacher, they're different. But the church needs the evangelist to break up the hard ground where the other church was not able to make any inroads. Do something different. I planted at a college campus and we had a house between two fraternity houses. And so they knew I was this 27, 28-year-old guy at a special ops, and I put up this tent between these two fraternity houses. Bought the tent, went and had it custom made in California, shipped it up, measurement size of the vacant lot. And these guys were getting drunk all the time, you know, fraternity houses. So they'd see me on Sunday morning putting up the tent with three or four linebackers from the football team. And they'd yell at me, hey, preacher. I'd say, yeah, what's up? What are you doing today? And they're hungover. I said, if you had any, mm, you'd come down here. They'd look at me. I'd say, because you don't have the guts to come down here. And all of a sudden, we had 100 college kids under a tent between two fraternities, guys mooning me on Sunday morning during service. (laughs) Just trying to get me riled up. And the more that they did that, the more I said, bring it, dude. Come on. Give me your best shot, because you're a loser. Confrontation. And the kids who were getting laid, smoking weed, and doing stuff, stopped doing it, and all the parents started showing up to see who the new cult leader was in town. (laughs) Who are you following? What's he doing? Why are you doing that? Girlfriends, where's my boyfriend? They're not around anymore. They're clean. You can't do that. We just did it. They're clean. Why do I, I'm not trying to glorify that. I'm just trying to say we see things different. And it's not always right or wrong. It's just you, you were wired different. But see, some of you are wired different too. Because you are just as much a founder as founders are. But you're founding in a different way because when you live by faith and not by sight, you've got to step out and you've got to try something that you've never tried before and you become a founder too. The problem is is that most of you don't want to be radically founders. You want to be safe founders. When all your ducks are lined up and the bills are paid and you got time and your kids are in a certain place, then I'll give a little bit of time to maybe do something that's in my heart. But the Lord calls people who don't have it all together, don't have all the time. Fishermen that are already busy fishing. Jesus, come on, I'm busy. I don't care. I call busy people. Come. 
Bring your stuff. And he begins to work on you like he works on me. And he says, why don't you try this? Boy Scouts, homeless, kids, seniors. I want you to found something by faith. And you'll figure it out as you go. And the scripture says about Solomon building the temple, it says, as Solomon built the temple, the temple worked on Solomon. And as Solomon built the temple, not knowing what he's doing, young and experienced, says, then that temple of unexperiencedness on that temple grew him up so that by the time he got done building the temple, he had gone from the inexperienced young kid to the seasoned guy that had made all the mistakes, didn't know what he was doing, had to find mentors, and instead he built his greatest temple but they start off as a young and experienced kid that should not be called to do anything. But as he worked on the temple and he was faithful to step it out, then that thing worked on him and he grew up to be a king. Because you see some project and say, I don't know, I don't know. And God says, if you'll embrace that thing that I'm putting in your spirit, that thing will grow you up in your frustration and your need and your humility and your brokenness and how come it's not working and the money's not there and you don't understand. And as that thing works on you, he works on you and God gives you stuff and all of a sudden wisdom, stature, and favor come on because you survived yourself and you've done what God's called you to do. And you make mistakes all the way through it. I hired the wrong people. I fired the right people. I hired people I liked. But the people I liked didn't help me build the thing. I just had friends and they were worthless. So I had to find people who I didn't necessarily like, who weren't like me, and I had to hire smarter people than me to hang around me to help me figure out how to do this thing. And that's a whole other level of blah, 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 right? (laughs) The dean of the seminary at ORU after I graduated with my theology degree, he said, Robert, you need to come get an MDiv. Three more years, Greek, Hebrew, blah, 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 blah. I said, I'm cooked, man. I've written all these papers, my 100-page papers. I don't know if I'm saved or unsaved. By the time I go get on my knees, one professor says this, another professor says that. I don't know what to do. You know, once, it's, once, it's all, once saved, always saved. One is lose your salvation, write papers on that, all kinds of stuff. He says, you need three more years because you're really not a man of God yet. You can't do anything. And I'm saying to the Lord, I can't do three more years. I'm dying in this thing. I got to get out of here. I got I to gotta do something. So I'm telling you, don't go plant that church because you're not ready. I need more Greek and Hebrew or whatever it is. When we passed 1,000 people, I invited them to come be my guest speaker. How'd you do that? Remember, I'm not a man enough of God to do that. I said, be careful of entrepreneurs. Be careful of people who are outside the box. Be careful of those young men and women that want to do things differently than your seminary wants us to do them. Because that seminary is good for your generation, but my generation needs something besides just bookheads that get straight A's. Guys that get straight A's are flipping burgers. Who's going to do this generation? Differently. 
But the way you spell faith is called R-I-S-K. And none of you want to be uncomfortable. But everything you want in life is outside your comfortability. And it's called risk. And it means stepping out like, oh, I don't know. Good. Now you can live by faith and you'll need him more. But none of you or me want to be uncomfortable. Let me say it again. But if you're going to grow, it'll be outside your comfortability. And you can sit in this church till you're blue in the face and nothing's going to happen to you until you get uncomfortable and do what faith calls you to do with your personality. Going to church won't make you a Christian. Like living in a garage won't make you a car. You can, you can live here all your life and put money in a bucket, this and that, love to worship, do this stuff. And God goes, really? Did I call you to go to heaven and say, here's my church attendance badge? I did church. Preachers. I like them. I was part of this movement. God goes, but tell me about your faith. What did you do? What did you found? said last night, truth will not set you free. It's the truth you apply. Sermons won't set you free, and truth won't set you free. You've got to use the soap before it works. Right? And every one of you are called into the ministry to see, to think, to be nervous, to be nervous, nervous and scared. And I'm not ready. And the Lord says, I'm trying to birth something in your spirit because you see something. And I need you to act upon it for my kingdom in your generation, in your city, in the way that you would do it. And I'll help you even if you fall, you fall off, you'll fall forward. I'll help you. The scripture that I used last service, and I'll say this a little bit different this service, the guy that's the founder to me and I like this scripture. It's the shortest scripture in the New Testament, Luke 19, 41. It says, and as Jesus approached Jerusalem, he saw the city and he wept over it. And my thought is, founders see something. And then God captures their heart over what they see from your personality and your gifting and your age. And he breaks your heart for the things that you see. You see it, and then you feel it. And Jesus felt it, and he began to just weep. And Jesus, why are you weeping? You having a bad day? It's just Jerusalem. But he saw Jerusalem different than everybody else. They said, that's just Jerusalem. Romans and homeless and women and kids and beating and abuse and issues that every city has. And he stood there and he's just weeping and they're all going, Jesus, you okay? Because they didn't see what he saw. Right. And every founder sees something that the rest of the people don't see. Well, why are you so caught up in that? I don't know, but Lord breaks my heart with the things that breaks his heart. He's not breaking your heart on that, but he's breaking my heart. That's what's happening in my, my life right now. Wow. Severe case, huh? Yeah. It's going to change my life. And they 
they see it, then they feel it, and then that thing explodes, and then they act upon it. And Jesus goes to the cross and says, I'm going to fix this thing. It's going to cost me. It's not a sacrifice. It's a joy set before me. It's not like I'm giving it. It so captures you that it's worth it. Because it's not my will, it's thy will be done. And there are things that when the love of God comes upon you, if you're a macho stud guy, if you're a lady, whatever you are, whatever your personality, your gifting, when the love of God comes on you and you see for the first time what he sees, he says, I need you to be a founder and do something different for this. In Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth, local, regional, national, international, he wants to put local, regional, national, international in your heart and break your heart. And some of you are wired for missions, and some of you are wired for local missions, and some of you are wired for kids, and some, but you're, you're wired, and he'll let you see something. If you pray the prayer, Lord, break my heart with the things that break your heart. And then when that happens, you have this meltdown inside. And the Lord says, come to me. Come to me. I want to use you. And you'll be strange and you'll be different. You'll make mistakes like all of us. And the Lord will say, keep going. Keep going. Ask for help. Show humility. Find people smarter than you. But this has to happen because X, Y, and Z. You'll be misunderstood. You'll be rejected. Christians will say, pray you're crazy. Non-Christians will say, what are you doing? The Lord says, keep going. So I honor the bishop. We've been doing this like, we've been Jesus now 50 years. He's been founding and founding and founding and founding and founding with his gift mix, his personality, with a sweet wife that believes with him, make a team. They hand that founding off to these two. Yeah. Found and found and think and do it different. Don't be like everybody else. Do it your way and walk in that. Let me walk with you. And it's going to be hard and difficult. But you're founding in your generation a different way. When you listen to this music in here, this music is the best music in South Florida. And, and it's a... And this is a hidden gem, this church, that crowds are staying away from because they don't know about it. But if they stepped in here and felt that thing on them, but the fivefold needs each other and supposed to work together, but it doesn't because they all disagree because they see it differently. And they're supposed to work in humility and work it out so that the church might be built up with all the gifts that are so different. I grew up with prophets. You know, stop, I got a word. If you watch the movie, Jesus Revolution, Lonnie Frisbee starts the Jesus Revolution, and he's a weird guy. Remember Lonnie. I grew up with my ponytail and beard, and there's Lonnie. 
And Lonnie's laying hands on the sick, and they're recovering. He's prophesying people. And Chuck Smith, the old four-square pastor who's stiffer dirt, he comes along and gets in Chuck's church. The church doesn't know what to do with him. And Johnny says, Lonnie says, you don't need to speak today. It's not doing anything anyway. And he just begins to prophesy. And then miracles and signs and wonders happen, you know. And I'm sitting there under a tent watching Lonnie be weirder than weird. And then John Wimber from the vineyard goes, Lonnie, Lonnie says, what do we do with Lonnie? And Lonnie says, if you don't let me do what I'm going to do, I'm going to leave until I hear God. Well, don't leave. We just don't know what to do with you. Right. You could ruin any service. Stand up. Wait, stop it. <laughs> and, you know, you watch as a young believer, huh? 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 Who's right? How do you do it? All these founders who just found him and bumping into each other. Pregnant. The whole thing is pregnant with founding. I hear God. Oh, no. Here's another founder. Boom. What I took away from that is I really need to appreciate the gifts and the differences but we're all called to found. Don't compare and contrast. Just be humble and ask for grace and mercy and peace and, and do that, but, but found and try and try. And God will say, grace, mercy, and peace. I love you. I want to help you, even when you make mistakes. But most of you don't want to risk and you don't want to be uncomfortable, and you don't want to be a freshman again. You like being a senior, and you worked really hard to get to be a senior, and the Lord says, try this thing. I don't want to learn all over again. Be a freshman. Well, I want you to be a freshman the rest of your life. Try new things. How many understand? He saw it. He felt it. And then he did something because he had to. Because God said, I don't care what you're doing. I need you to do this too. Say, I'm a founder. Not sure if I like it. Not sure if I want to do it. Not sure I want to be uncomfortable. Not sure I want to be vulnerable. Not sure I want to be a freshman again. But that's where God's happiest with me. I want you two, please come up, Bishop and your wife. You two, please come up. And I want you just to look over your people. And I want you four to stretch your hands out over these people. And I want you to lift your hands like this. Close your eyes. Holy Spirit, we invite you to come and break our hearts with the things that break your heart today. Everybody say out loud, Lord, I give you permission to begin to break my heart 
over the things that's breaking your heart in South Florida, in our country, and around the world. And I pray this, Lord, I pray now that the love of God would fall upon your hearts afresh. That from the top of your head to the soles of your feet, the love of God, and he'd begin to show you pictures in your mind of what it is that he wants you to love with his love. Not your love, it'll dry up, but his love will get richer and warmer and sweeter and he'll begin to show you what he died for that you're gifted to help him with. And Lord, I call for your power. Holy Spirit, with your power, come and touch us also from the top of your our, our heads to the bottom of our feet just touch us with that love and that power and call us to be founders and join with other founders to reach this generation of businessmen and kids students, elderly I want you listening now to say more Lord Lord. real softly just say more Lord more of your love more of your power break my heart with the things that break your heart now just begin to pray quietly don't let the person next to you necessarily hear what you're saying just begin to pray Pray in the Spirit, pray in the Spirit. Pray, use me, forgive me, help me, give me courage, give me guidance, help me with my timidity, my fears, my fears of failure, my fears of rejection. Help me, Lord, to do your will. Thanks again for listening. If you like this podcast, remember to share and subscribe. For more information or to connect with us, go to hopeunited.church. And remember, if God is with you, you will be undefeated.